Is it delayed again? Well, let's see, Matt. We'll try it again. Ready? (laughs) And welcome to another episode of the Dicey Trades HQ Podcast. My name is Michael Seitz. You can find me on Twitter at FFBlitz. And I'm here with my partner, Jeremy Broen. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty Madman. (laughs) Okay, I guess there's not a delay. (laughs) Um, So listen... A lot of stuff happened last week, and we we're we're in a transition period right now. But uh, you know, Jeremy, I wanted to say, you know, you and I talked about this earlier today. Um, the one thing that I I just wanted to throw it out there to everybody that you know I was really really happy and blown away by the amount of people that have reached out to us through DMs, through text messages, <laughs> through the email chat. Like absolutely, like, it, it's I been- got a letter in the mail even. <laughs> I don't know about snail mail, but I know I, I know that a lot of people have been sending us messages, asking us questions, wondering what's happening. So we have a lot of stuff that we have planned, and we're going to slowly transition into all this kind of stuff so that we do it the right way. But I just wanted to thank everybody right up front, because really it was... I, I couldn't even keep up with the messages on Saturday. Yep. <laughs> the Saturday yep. messages a- were crazy. Amen. <laughs> amen. It's good to have listeners and fans for all these years. We've been all, we've almost been doing this for six years. December, you know, mid December will be six years for us. Um, we're closing in on our three hundredth episode. It's great that we've had people follow us for this long and and love to tune into the show and and show their support. And yeah, I'm excited for a lot of what's coming up. Some fun shows, some fun guests, some themes. Um, just uh, some and, and getting our patrons involved. So yeah, Mike, um, uh, pretty surprising and um, really happy about it too. Yeah, speaking about our patrons, Troy, one uh, Troy's the best. He's actually here, like in Miami, because he's going on a cruise tomorrow. But I wasn't able to work out my schedule to go down to Miami to see him. But uh, bummer, uh, yeah. but hopefully he has an awesome time on his cruise. So listen, but what we're gonna do tonight? We have. A great guest with us and somebody that you, Jeremy, you're very familiar with because the two of you guys do a podcast together. So why don't you why don't you introduce Matt and also talk about what you guys do? Yeah. So on the show tonight is Matt Walker, a good friend, a fellow podcaster and um, a co-host on a couple of, of fun things that we've done in the past, like off the rails. Um, we do Dynasty Radio where we do starts and sits and just um, kicking that thing off. Um um, to to help people, you know, win Dynasty Championships uh, like we do here at Dynasty Trades HQ. Um, and his handle at Twitter is walk underscore FF. And we used to work with you back in the day, right, Matt? Long ago. Uh, yeah, uh, so many acronyms ago. Um, <laughs> time. But uh, no, happy to be here, guys. It's, uh, you know, I was told we wanted someone uh, Philly local uh, to, to step <laughs> right. in. Yeah, ever so briefly. So I, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to hop on HQ with you guys. <laughs> oh, is that what you said, Jeremy? That that was a requirement for tonight? <laughs> he was talking to me. He's like, "Well, you're from Philly." And, uh, we needed a guy <laughs> from Philly that was a bit abrasive with that Philly accent. Um, and 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 you know, we got a great fantasy analyst here, and and you know, definitely a, a good looking guy. I don't know. He might be one of the best looking guys we've had on this show. So, but definitely met some of the requirements coming in, right? Oh my god! Box, boxes were checked. <laughs> Hey, so listen, so what you said that you guys do a start sit uh, show every week. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Tell them, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jeremy, I just brainchild lunchtime crunch time where we hop on on Wednesdays 
to give people some start sets, um, you know, against, you know, consensus or our own, you know, personal opinion of, of players that were higher or low on in that particular week. So, you know, we just re- released one this week and Kirk Cousins was my quarterback start of the week against my Eagles. And, you know, <laughs> he, he went off. So we're, we're in a good place right now with that. I mean, it's all subject to change, as you well know. You put yourself out there and you <laughs> tell things you're higher or lower on. It's, it's bound to go wrong eventually. So hey, he called it, Mike. He said he said exclusively the Eagles were going to shut down the run game. Kirk Cousins was going to have to pass to save his life. Uh, don't worry about the Eagles' defense if you're if you're you know starting Kirk Cousins and the wide receivers. And the theme of the show really is 30 minutes, as much as we can stick to that. One start that you feel really conf- confident about, one sit that you feel really confident about at each position. And we try to get, um, you know, give the advice like we're going to play it, the players we're going to start and sit and why. And um, it's been a lot of fun. So hopefully um, we can we can bring that in here and uh, and uh, get some of our HQ uh, listeners to uh, tune in and check that out. Yeah. And later on in the show, I guess, you know, maybe I'll throw it to you guys to tell, you know, even though we're kind of late, uh, we, we ended up pushing this show pretty late this week and it's, it's already Saturday, but, uh, you know, I know that there's, there's going to be a lot of people that maybe even in the morning on Sundays when they're getting ready for their games, they're listening to last minute podcasts and stuff. You're talking to me. I'm always (laughs) figuring out last minute lineup decisions and you never know with the injuries. So Hopefully it helps them out. So even though the Thursday night game already happened, um, you know, there were some big things that happened last week. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers getting hurt and all that kind of stuff. But it's it, it seems like a million years ago because <laughs> it's been like a week already. Um, for me, though, Jeremy and Matt, I don't know how you guys did, but opening weekend for me was amazing. With my 12 leagues, I went 11 and 1. I won 11 of my 12 teams. Badass. That's badass. <laughs> so it... <laughs> It was awesome. You got you got to put that out there if, if you're going eleven and one. I'm I'm pushing about twenty leagues now, and I freely admit about four or five of them are in rebuild status. So I'm not going to be able to you know you know say that I had such a successful week one as you did. But the competitive leagues I'm in, I did I did pretty well. Um, I didn't hit a lot of those duds um, that that a lot of people did out there. That's awesome. And Jeremy, he mentioned about uh, re- uh, rebuilding or, or you know, uh, we, we, the, the one league that we've talked about on the show that I did rebuild and take apart last year. And then last week we talked about a trade where I traded Bijan and Christian Watson for four first round picks and a second. Uh, but in that I league, you to do that. That's awesome. But, but the yeah. thing is, in that league, I won. I, I, I thought I would lose. I won the. But How it, appropriate is that? But in the in the meantime, so Jeremy, was there anything on these on the news here that you did want to talk about? Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was a big story, and everybody's talked about it, and they know what they're doing and and what to do with the Jets and everything. But was there any news that maybe happened in the last two days or so, or something that's come up that people should know about for tomorrow? We'll just start sit wise, and uh, you know, because we're all dealing with that in our head to head leagues. Um, I I thought you know first week Anthony Richardson was a smart sit um, until I realized how high his floor is and how how much running he's going to do and how many goal line carries he's going to get and wow what a first week he had. So I think he can safely start that guy this week. That's one thing I wanted to say. A couple players are out um, this week, like Austin Eckler, um, the Josh Kelly show. That offense just keeps on trucking. Hey, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Kellen Moore there and, and on your Anthony Richardson thing. I, I agree. And he didn't even really run that much. But he was like 10 for 40 in a touchdown in the game. So we didn't even see that upside. I think him as a passer was pretty impressive in, in his first NFL start. I was impressed. While he's setting that 10-point rushing floor 
um, you know, in a week where not even a lot of design runs, um, you know, for Anthony Richardson, there's, there's reason to believe he could post a top five rookie season. Uh, yeah, as man. And as far as Eckler's concerned, it's unfortunate. Picks up an ankle injury. He's going to miss the week. And he had a great week one. Um, but so did Josh Kelly. Uh, they split carries. Uh, just Josh Kelly's not really as dynamic in the passing game. My concern there is Tennessee shuts down the run. So uh, the, the Chargers are going to go to the air to beat up on those Tennessee Titans. So I wouldn't expect the world out of Josh Kelly, but he's a starting running back with little behind him to take carries away. So he should see 20 touches. Yeah, and the, and the Titans just love to allow the pass to happen, too. They're just not really good in the passing yeah. game. So, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate Josh Kelly can't catch the ball as well as Eckler. But, yeah, the ball is going to be uh, flowing yeah. freely. Yeah. yeah, good point. You know, it's funny, though, besides Josh Kelly, because it's obvious because Eckler's hurt, there's some other teams right now that are starting running backs in week two already that we were not talking about in the offseason this year. Yeah, stay away from the Ravens' backfield. Nobody knows what's going on there. There's like an entourage of guys rolling out, including Melvin Gordon now. Yeah, it's just clear that Ravens are comfortable doing that. They've done it the last several years, you know, when, when Dobbins has gone down. And now it sounds like Melvin Gordon is going to get the first shot. They kept him uh, on the practice squad like the guy. They're not going outside. They try and He's only 50 play. years old. He's still got some gas. He's totally cooked, right? It, and ultimately, they're not going to give enough carries or running back for it to matter anyway. If it wasn't J.K. Dobbins, the next guy doesn't matter. Whether they bring in Fournette or Hunt or whomever else, it's not going to matter. They're going to have 150 carries on the year, and they're going to be irrelevant. It's unfortunate. Did you yeah, guys hear that? Did you guys discuss at all the Jets game with Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall? Because I know there was a lot of people that were concerned going into that game whether to even start Brees. And then God, he looked great. He looked so good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Concerns eliminated. You know, alleviated. Honestly, yeah. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. You know, seeing the stuff floating around Twitter uh, that. The Brees Hall got caught from behind, you know, and he was 80 yards deep into that run. I mean, the fact that he got to that level in being able to shake people in, in that booth early on to get to that depth of run, if it wasn't for yeah. Garrett Wilson celebrating early, it would have been a 96-yard touchdown or whatever it was. I mean, you need a little help out there to break those big runs. It's just not all the back. But, no, he he's tremendous. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I thought, was cooked a year ago, and the fact that he got the money he did is blows my mind. I mean, that was clear in Aaron Rodgers' move going all in. I don't think he's really going to stand much in the way of Brees Hall, but they are going to be run base going forward. So yeah, yeah. he's going yeah. to see touches, but they're going to become very run-centric for the Jets. Run the ball and play defense. Why? Because of Zach Wilson? <laughs> you think? <laughs> Consider me skeptical uh, of Zach Wilson and thinking that you know, a couple months of hanging out with Aaron Rodgers is going to change his entire game. Zach Stacy's mom, Wilson. It is funny what you just said about the couple months be- behind Aaron. You know, everybody was like, oh, well, Wilson's behind Aaron for, for a while and it'll it'll make him a better quarterback and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, if, if people thought that he would be a better quarterback just being behind Aaron Rodgers, how come somebody like Kyle Trask <laughs> wasn't good enough to start being behind Brady for like three years, right? Yeah, I mean, it's the fact people just don't want to give up on the high draft capital uh, of a Garrett Wilson right now. That's that, that's all it is. And they assumed it was going to be at least two years to sit behind Aaron Rodgers, right? So it was like this out of sight, out of mind, but let's be optimistic about the kid. And then it immediately comes to fruition and nothing's going to change. He's going to put the ball at rest too often and drive Robert Sala nuts. 
<laughs> Jeremy, what was the sigh for? <laughs> oh, nothing, man. No, no, he's he's right. I, I'm just thinking about how many of my players are out, and I'm thinking about Deontay Johnson, a guy that I've I've, I've liked this kid since he was in college and, and and in a way it works in my favor because my browns play the steelers this uh monday night and they're gonna crush the steelers because they've got the momentum they haven't won in 19 years uh, their first game of the season they did it they go into the pits into pittsburgh knowing that they also haven't beat them um haven't won back-to-back games since like i don't know 1993 i mean this team is in shambles usually um they have so many things to look forward to especially kenny pickett i know they're look i know miles garrett in the defense is looking forward to kenny pickett but on top of everything else their best wide receiver the volume guy their their guy deontay johnson is going to be out and in in and they're looking at you know george pickens right Maybe the de facto number two or whatever. Now the number one, probably the jump ball guy, as Matt and I talked about on the uh, Dynasty Radio lunchtime crunch time. But George Pickens actually does worse when Deontay Johnson sits. So, so good luck with your George Pickens this week, Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm excited for the Monday night game. I'm actually gonna. I, don't, I normally don't watch Monday night football anymore, um, but I'm watching this one. And uh, you know, maybe Pickens will do something. They'll get the pick it to Pickens, but um, the Browns are going to win that game. I think the defense is going to listen. Kenny Pickett is no Joe Burrow and uh, George Pickens is no Jamar Chase, and we saw what the hell happened to that passing game. Might be a little bit better in Pittsburgh outside of the rain, but come on, man. Like uh, You got to be excited for me, Mike. (laughs) Your your team's actually won Super Bowls. I just I don't want to hear it. Like Just support over here. (laughs) Miles Garrett might see some Mason Rudolph by the end of this game. uh, Yeah. Yeah. George Pickens also picked up a hamstring injury as well. He was limited in practice. Really? With a hamstring. So, so are we looking at row. are we looking at Calvin Austin the third being the <laughs> dude? He's pretty good, but he's yeah. Come on, can't carry the offense, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be Allen Robinson. Uh, I, I can tell you that much. He already had his best game as a Steeler in, in week one. The ghost of Allen Robinson. Gonna yeah, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly for them. I mean, I wasn't already that optimistic about Pickens without Deontay Johnson there, as Jeremy said, and now he's limited with a hamstring injury. Then it's uh, it's it's all coming up Cleveland Browns this week. Yeah, no, Jeremy, yes. it's it's funny with with uh, Kenny Pickett though because you know we've had all that dialogue this off season where I did the trade and then we were talking about the other trades and then we were talking about putting up the polls and 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 then people's ideas were cha- were changing on him and then he goes out in week one and he just kind of destroys everybody's hopes of uh, of him being something really good. Um, yeah. you, you know, you, the, you know, who the other one was that kind of got, uh, killed now in, in dynasty, especially in all the, the group talking, wise, yeah, value wise and talking about, and even on the radio, I even heard someone say, I think it was on fantasy life on the radio. They were saying he's droppable in redraft is uh Desmond Ritter. Maybe a little hasty. He's definitely not good, but I'm not dropping him. Well, listen, in redraft, sure. You you can get out from him. I mean, you know, especially in single QB leagues, you would never start Desmond Ritter. It's clear that Arthur Smith wants nothing to do with Desmond Ritter having any impact on the outcome of their games. It's literally, we're going to run it as much as humanly possible and keep him under 30 throws. Why not? Algier's good, man. Yeah, I mean, they get. And that's how he wants to play anyway. I mean, re- regardless of the, you know the the Algiers slander that you're going to throw out there on Bijan, <laughs> or not. You know, Did you catch that? Did you catch yeah. that? Hey, it's how they're built. 
You know I mean, they have a hell of a one-two punch, and they have a bunch of receivers that are obviously irrelevant. <laughs> well, you know, with Desmond though, um, in uh, in in Scott Fish, you guys are both in Scott Fish Bowl. Mm-hmm. Something yeah, yeah. something happened with me and Scott Fish that I didn't know happens. But when the waivers went through on Wednesday, and um, I had Ritter on my roster as the, my number three quarterback, and Zach Wilson was available, so I figured Zach Wilson is gonna play. And Desmond Ritter was kind of sucky and whatever, and who cares? It's only my third guy because I have two and Herbert. Um, so yeah. I I put in a waiver claim for Wilson and I dropped Ritter uh, because the rest of my roster is good and I act- I I beat Katie Flower this week um, <laughs> in the monster Ooh. division and Scott Fishbowl. But um, good for you. But the You're thing tough. the thing that I found interesting and I don't know if you guys know this or anybody out there listening or whatever, but the waivers run on Wednesday. <laughs> The player that I put in to pick up Wilson was Ritter. So the waivers go through. I got Wilson. And then like an hour later, somebody in my league sent a message saying, hey, Sipes, thanks for the quarterback. And then I was like, what does that mean? And I went and looked and he had picked up Ritter. So Mm -hmm. I know in in most leagues that I'm in, if you Mm -hmm. drop somebody during waivers, they get locked for the next waiver period. But apparently oh, wow. in Scott Fish, if you drop yeah. somebody, somebody can immediately pick them up. Yeah, I didn't know player specific, but I know that, you know, when the chum hits the water after waivers run in fishbowl, <laughs> then you see, you see like 10 more moves get made immediately. So I, I guess I got to be a little more cognizant of the guys that we drop. But um, interesting that you said, you know, I'd, I'd rather have Garrett or, or I'd rather have Will, Zach Wilson over Desmond Ritter. I mean, that, I think that. I mean, that's we, telling. And I think we all feel the Wilson. same way. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I don't disagree. I mean, he's probably going to have to throw the ball more in, in that offense. And he has comparable weapons. Um, so my to, 90 bucks was well spent. well yeah and and what you said matt about being able to to have a free-for-all that's how it is in every league i'm in as soon as waivers go you have first come first serve but it's usually first come first serve of what's already there Uh, the players that are dropped usually get locked so that they can be blind bid waivers for next week but if you're if you're able to pick somebody up right away then i don't even know what the point of blind bid waivers are in in for next week, if you're already able to pick up those players that were dropped. Yeah, I think Scott tries to simplify things as much as possible. Well, given how complex <laughs> the league yeah, I, is. Yeah, I mean, you have to. But, you know, without trades or anything like that, he probably just wants to make it as seamless as possible. But then there's value in being available at that particular hour of the day. And you can just sit and see everyone that gets dropped. And you can awesome. pick from, <laughs> pick from the, the best of the bunch. But it, it's interesting because all my leagues are the same. Yeah, yeah, that, no injured reserve and so forth. So you know, it's more like a redraft league. Um, so I can see it being available immediately. But it, but it's funny, man, because I you know it. I forget about that too. Normally, I'm not picking up players. It's rare, you know. But at the you know first of the seasons when we're doing it after weeks one and two, you're you're cutting bait and trying to get better players. But um, yeah, be cognizant of that. Like you said, the um, the ninety bucks on Wilson though. Do you guys think I overspent? Wait, you spent ninety <laughs> of your hundred dollars. In Scott Fish? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I didn't know that's what you were I saying. Oh, really only had two quarterbacks, um, you know, two two starting quarterbacks. So, yeah, all I, in on that. I, I'm missing out on him for five bucks. 
in my division i think i had 52 is what i put and and i got him so uh at listen, I, yeah, listen, it's not, go ahead Matt, Matt, listen, you have, you, listen you have to uh you have to hope for the best with these guys but my thought process was if i'm starting zach wilson for any meaningful games i'm not winning the scott fishball eh. so i actually i actually put my money into josh kelly oh did you yeah and there you go. You know, uh, while I don't think it's an ideal matchup, getting starting running backs, I think more so than a quarterback you're only going to play on bye weeks. Yeah, that's that's right. where I would think my money. Oh, absolutely. Well, the funny thing for me is I I had two of last year too, and you don't expect somebody to get multiple concussions and not play games. And then I was just kind of screwed with only one quarterback. And then in the bye week, you have no quarterback. So I kind of like to at least have the three in there. And uh, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. but you know it's. What you said too, Matt, is very interesting. I didn't think about it in those terms, but yeah, now going forward, whatever time waivers go through in Scott Fish on Wednesday, I'm I'm going to want to take a look right around there and yeah, see. You know? because, yeah, then you don't even have to pay up because right if you start shooting, you know, Jeremy throws ninety bucks on Zach Wilson, he, he's not going to be able to get anyone else the rest of this year. Minimum bids the rest of the year. Well, well, you think so, but when you have zero dollars, you can't get anyone else in Scott Fishbowl. So you better save a few bucks, right? So I, I can, in fact, get ten right, more players. Do, dollar bids. Yeah. For a dollar each, any, yeah. Now you get the hot waiver wire guy next week. If but. I don't win now, there's no later. So you know, it's Scott Fish, it's yeah. just how it is. So, um, and I and I needed him more than I needed the quarterback more than anyone else. But yeah, I I feel you. You got a you got a good starting running back for for a bit. So, yeah. I mean, it, Scott Fishbowl's never been kind to me though. I've made the playoffs <laughs> one time. Uh huh. <laughs> I never made the playoffs until last year, and I went deep. I don't forget, remember exactly how far I went, but I every week I kept going. Well, this is the last week. Well, this is the last week, and I went as far as I ever have. And ironically, awesome. I, knew, I had Tua as well. So, I, but I, and I forget who my third quarterback was. Um, huge Tua fan, but when lost him, I actually was able to just backfill with someone else, and I just hit on all the other positions. So that that's awesome. You you, you can you, you can win with a Tua draft. You know, but, <laughs> I love you. Got him. I love that you got him this year. Oh yeah, I and I have him in in dynasty in a lot of my leagues. I have him, so that that's kind of why I went eleven and one this week. You know, because when Jeremy and I've talked about it over the years, but a lot of times I try to get the same players, like the players that I want and I like. I either try to draft the same or I trade or I mean so his that, portfolio is not diversified, but he yeah. doesn't care, man. He's all in on those particular stocks, and it's the it's the way I like to play, and it's the way. I have fun with it and you know and I win more times than not it's fun well, listen, and, and 12 leagues isn't a, a minimal amount of leagues it's a significant amount of leagues but when you start dealing portfolio players these are guys that are in like 50 60 yeah 70. I don't want to do that you have to of, diversify because you know if you're wrong it's too catastrophic of a loss to yeah. your point I like the guys I like I'm going to do everything I can to, to where my teams look pretty similar right. at the end of the day. I mean, when you draft startups or pick up orphans or whatever it is, you're kind of left with what you have. I mean, you can't have, you're, you're going to have unique builds e- either way, but my guys are guys I want on every team. Like an Elijah Moore is my guy. I go out of my way in every league to go get Elijah Moore. And you I could do worse than a volume guy that's yeah, involved in all the like offensive plays. Of my leagues now. 75% of the snaps are better. You're doing well when you get those guys. And, and yeah. it's a bonus that you like them. I question, and listen, we can't go into the philosophies or the uh, motivations of everyone out there, but Mike and I have always gotten along so well because we approach this the same way. We're playing this game for fun. Mm. like the, Just like when we first started. 
It's fun. You watch football. You want your players. You score points. You can very easily overcomplicate this and make it different than what it what it is, and 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 still lose. So like, yeah. it's fine to just do it the way you do it if you're having fun. I love bringing people into this game. My kids play now, and and have fun. I mean, that's the bottom line. If you're not, then why do it? You know, I have a job. I have. And this is just a. It's it's the best freaking game you can play maybe win a little bit of money get involved with your friends and you know we've done it long enough and we've we've been involved with this and you know at such a level that you know you've seen the competitive players the sort of gamblers the high stakes guys you've you've seen it all but it still boils down to drafting with the home league guys and and uh getting together with people and, and making trades with you guys and just you know making your team better and winning and and i think a lot of our listeners probably feel the same way like they they do this for fun. Yeah, I mean, they love fantasy football. You need to maintain perspective, right? We're we're playing a game about a game at the end of the day, but I'm super competitive. I am super competitive, man. <laughs> like so, it goes out the window once lineups lock on Sunday. <laughs> I'm right. I want to win. There's no relaxing anymore. So there's a there's about a 24 36 hour period where. No, I'm not having fun with fantasy football. But, yeah. You hope you're able to predict De- De- Deontay Johnson's uh, output and uh, Elijah Moore's output. You you, you hope your uh, you know your predictions are better than the next guy, me and Mike. I mean, because that's what we're that's what we're talking about. So so Matt, how long how long have you been playing fantasy, and then obviously dynasty? Uh, but like, how long have you been playing fantasy in general? Yeah, over twenty years. Yeah. Um, at this point, it was uh, to Jeremy's point, just local home leagues, you know, pen and paper leagues, things of that nature. When I started hanging um, with the homies, yeah, and drinking beer and drafting, I started. It was all redraft. Now I I don't have a single redraft league. Um, in all my leagues, my last one folded finally. It was a it was a softball league I've been in for about ten years now with a bunch of my buddies. That finally it was. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to make this year. Enough guys backed out where we were just like, well, we can't backfill it. It's intended to be these guys, so it's time to call it quits. So I have no redraft. Um, ironically enough, um, so it's like Scott Fishbowl and that type of thing. Everybody little look into redraft these days. So everything I do is dynasty. I just like the approach, the mindset of dynasty, being able to really hit on a guy early and and that be your guy on your team. You know, it's not just, you know, annually really trying to figure that out over and over again. If you hit on a guy, you know, what's the true benefit? It's to be able to hold him through his entire career. Like I just I just think there's an art to that and I just appreciate that more than the slight amount of luck that's involved in kind of like the redraft <laughs> season, right? I mean, if injury goes down, yeah. your, your league's your shot, right? You lose one or two of your main guys, your league's shot. And then you don't really get to rehash on next year. You're starting from scratch, right? In Dynasty, you still can yeah. work that entire year to make your team better for the next year. So I just I just love that mindset. That what's the matter? And if you're good at it, you don't have to hit the reset button like you do in redraft. Like you said, you're not your effort's not wasted if you were ahead of your opponents you're ahead of the other owners and you get an edge you don't just simply like piss that away for the next season right you keep that you maintain it and maybe you you know you get further and further and further ahead yeah mike would you ever stop if you had to stop playing dynasty leagues would you play in a bunch of redraft leagues still because i know you love fantasy football dynasty is just such a i don't know that i could i don't know that i could i mean like matt said the only redraft i do is scott fish that's it that's the only one i'm in um but what's cool that you said matt i i've been playing since the 90s and pen and paper like you say and everything too but i've always been the 
commissioner and and like I've done all this stuff. And then my home league and everything, we transitioned to Dynasty. I know this for a fact now because we just started our 11th season. So it's been 11 years since I've been doing Dynasty. Um, but one of the cool things you just said is when you hit on somebody and you, you have like somebody like for me, everybody who listens to the show knows that I love Mike Evans. I have literally seen every single play, every single snap, every single thing that Mike Evans has done in his entire career. I had drafted him. I've watched him. I've gone to Bucks games and everything like that. And when I talk to people sometimes about Dynasty that don't understand Dynasty, that's one of the things I talk about is, is, is when you get some of these people that are your guys and you get, to, you get to have them all the time and watch their career and do all the things that they do. And it's one of the things that I love doing about all of this. Yeah, it, it's special. I mean, I feel like redrafts like win or lose when Dynasty is like win or learn. I mean, so you, you can continue to evolve when you're in Dynasty. It's just it's not a it's not a pure wins loss thing. And you were talking about Mike Evans in your home team. My guy has always been Aaron Jones. He's the guy I speak to all the time. The year when they drafted Jamal Williams above him, I told everyone that would listen, don't worry about that guy. Aaron <laughs> Jones is the guy. And so I have him countless places. And where I don't, John DeBarry, my co-host on the fantasy <laughs> forty has him because we were both Super bullish on him. I remember these conversations on off the rails and stuff. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, absolutely. These guys, it's just, you know, it's a different feeling. Right? I, I mean, just knowing that it's the beginning of a journey of a guy that you believed in. It's it really is. I love John. I love John DeBarry. We were uh, I was in uh, um, Vegas for the NFL draft last year and we were all hanging out and he's. He's one of those guys that, especially if anybody's in a league with John, the 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 DM chat is. I mean, I laugh a lot when we're doing the show and all that kind of stuff, but I literally crack up in the DM chats just from what John writes in the DM chats. He's he's a special human being. Some of the most fun I have is the outtakes that I do <laughs> editing the forty. Because uh-huh. It's really trying to distill it down to like just a minute or so of something because there's really so much before we go live <laughs> when we're going back and forth and it's not structured that it's just hilarious. It's, it's, <laughs> it's I, I look forward to having him, having him on with us again too. I know Jeremy said that he had reached out and everything. So, um, you know, when you were talking about, um, dude's amazing. When you, when you were talking about fab and, and, um, and using your money, um, and then when you when you spend all your money, typically in the leagues that we're in, there's always first come first serve right afterwards. So you can pick somebody up if you weren't able to do waivers. I, I don't know if you guys have any leagues like this, but two of my leagues, they're IDP leagues with John Orr. John Orr runs a bunch of different leagues. And, and you remember, Matt, from back in the day when we were all in the website together and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I still do John's leagues. I'm in, I'm in them today. But the hardest thing, and, and once it happens to you, then you learn from it. But I didn't realize this, that once you use up all your money in his leagues, you can't pick up anybody. Because when you pick somebody you can't up, can't even do a zero bid. Yeah. No, because it costs a dollar just picking somebody up. So uh, I, I got to a playoff position in one year, and then I go to pick somebody up, and it's like you don't have any money, and I'm like, wait, what? Like I couldn't even pick anybody up. So you have to do trades for fab money and stuff. And uh, I don't know. Do you guys have any leagues like that where you you have to at least have a dollar left to be able to pick somebody up? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I commission one league. It's my home league, and you have to have a dollar to make a bid. Really? 
It, yeah, it's I, I don't know why we agreed upon it early on, because I'm in leagues where you can do zero dollar bits. Right. It's unlikely you're going to get the guy. Right. I mean, but um, there's also no first come, first serve in that league. So everything. So it really constricts. But we have a two hundred dollar budget that we work off. So we kick up the fab budget, uh-huh. which is made more relative. Right. I mean, it, it's sure. a matter of how you look at how much you want to get a guy. But it, it's how it was early on. And. No one's ever complained about it. So you just always know you need to keep one of those bullets in the chamber in case you get to the playoffs and something happens and you you need to make a move. So yeah. I, I'm in one league that I know for sure has that, but I've learned hard lessons in other dynasty leagues when I didn't really read all the rules and then I go to do something <laughs> and they're like, no, <laughs> you're not allowed to do that or you have to have fab. You can't zero dollar bid. And it's like, Lesson learned. It's right? definitely true. You definitely need to know your rules in leagues. You know, um, my home league uh, is a little bit different. That's that's the other cool thing about Dynasty is there's so many ways to play this and so many ways to do things. And when I joined all of you guys in um, in in the other company back seven years ago, or whatever. Um, the only dynasty I ever knew is what we do. And the way we do it is we have contracts and salary caps. So like we have a certain amount of salary and that's how you can get your players and you, and you sign them to contracts and everything. And then when I started with all of you guys and I started doing dynasty leagues where you draft somebody and you get to keep them forever and it doesn't matter. It's like a totally different way to play. And my home league is the only one I'm in that has those like, um, you, you you get a certain amount of salary. You can sign them for um, up to five years when they're rookies and you get all these contracts and it's really cool to do it that way. So that's the only way that we have it where you must have money to get somebody. Um, but it still has first come first serve though. So you're saying you don't even have first come first serve. So when the waivers go through, then if, if something happens between Wednesday and Sunday, you can't even pick up a player. Oh no, we do dailies. We do daily waivers. Oh, you do daily waivers. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, that's so cool. Through Sunday, you do daily waivers, but yeah, no first come, first serve. Because then it keeps it fair for everyone throughout that day, right? If someone gets dropped, to your point, that they go through. If someone was missed and someone gets hurt and their situation changes, like a Josh Kelly. and he Reset the bids, yeah. Them, and everyone still has that. Someone can't just go in and poach them because they were the first one to get the the, the Adam Schefter update. So that's <laughs> why we had it that way is because, you know, they're not most guys aren't living and dying with it um, uh, the way we are. But it's funny that you mentioned that uh, salary league because Jeremy suckered me into a salary cap league. <laughs> and, um, and, That's right. And My league, baby. And, and now I'm in like four of them. Oh, um, really? Because it's a, I, I just, to your point, I like how you can continue to kind of evolve dynasty, right? And not that, you know, we went from single quarterback and now it's almost standard that everything is super flex. So then it's, and then I play a ton of IDP as well. So it's, what's the next iteration? And it's really trying to manage a team with the salary cap and things like that. So I'm not doing my best over there. This is a work in progress for me because you have to really structure things accordingly. It makes you think about things a little differently, um, but really like that aspect of it as well. So I kind of play in a bunch of different iterations uh, of dynasty, but I could imagine if that's how you've started dynastying that going to a more simplified version of it where it's just, <laughs> no, he's yours. Yeah. You're going to pay him anything. Just keep him forever. And that's what, it, that's what it felt like. It felt like it's a simpler way to play, you know? And, and uh, Jeremy and I were in a league called the league of know-it-alls, which was not only was it just like simple, basic, whatever. Remember Jeremy, it, it wasn't even like 
super flex, right? It was like so ba- the most basic way it could be. And I think it might have been one quarterback, um, <laughs> totally basic. Started it back in the day, and everybody, nobody wanted to leave. We asked, "Do you want to change this? Would you like to go to super flex? You want to change the rules?" Nobody wanted to change anything. And Mike's right; is it's the most vanilla of a dynasty league could be. I mean, I think it barely had PPR, but I mean, just seriously, man, like, and people didn't want to stop playing. So we did it for years and finally we're just like, you know what? I think I went, I tried to win the, Mike won it like three years in a row. I tried to win the championship. Three years in a row. And and I might've finally won, but I made it to the title game. Maybe I lost. I can't remember, but I, whatever. I was just like, man, I, I've, I put this off for too long. I can't do this league anymore. It's like, it's. I feel like I'm a slave to this league. Like I have to go. <laughs> well, listen, that's the league you got to make an empire league, right? Especially yeah. if you ever win it three years in a row. Like we, there has to be an end. To it. Like, <laughs> I'm like, do you guys ever want to beat Mike, or are you just content? Jeremy this used to on? complain. He used to say that. Doesn't anybody want to beat Mike? It was awesome. You guys can donate to charity. You don't need to donate to. <laughs> donate to this. <laughs> donate to this guy. He's not even that good. Come on, what's wrong with you people? Am I the only one trying to be? If you guys would join me in trying to. Be this guy but no seriously man the the thing that's cool about the league that we do and the reason i like it the most is it, it's a contracts league salary cap there are so many things you could complain about Devi. like there's there's things that if i started the league over we would do much differently but the best part is auction waivers everybody's yeah. got a shot mm-hmm. at every guy all day long every day anytime i mean on sunday you know what Holy shit, Josh Kelly's still out there. I mean, they do lock, but like, it, it, whenever you're ready to bid your minimum five hundred thousand, and then, um, you know, if you bid five hundred thousand, you can bid it immediately up because it's like eBay; it's proxy proxy bidding, and so you automatically put a million on him because a million dollar guy is a free drop. You don't have to; you don't get penalized at all. Um, so, like, there's all kinds of cool things, but there's guys out there that should be on rosters. But yeah, we only have 25-man rosters. We have taxis. Most Debbie, Debbie players are mostly on the taxi. So other than injured reserve, you have 25 spots. You start 10. You know, it's not a huge a huge roster for the, you know, 12 teams. And there's always somebody on waivers to bid for, which it, it keeps it fun. It's the opposite of HQ1 with the 16 teams. <laughs> and nobody on waivers. Your season's done at the start of the season, there's always a chance you pick up a guy like somebody's I'm bidding on Melvin Gordon right now. I don't even want Melvin Gordon. I'm thinking maybe I'll trade him to somebody, but I saw a guy going to win him in two hours for $500,000. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> so I bid one, 1 million, 1.5 million on him. And I'm w- just waiting for somebody to outbid me. And if they don't, I'll just trade him. And you know, whatever. It's just, it, it's actually one. I wish every league would have auction waivers. It's so cool. Yeah, I agree with that. Two things. One, I think there's a fair amount of people in the league that don't understand that million dollar drop. So they still do just bid the 500,000. So when you bid a mill, you're, you're on them. And two, that's how I ended up with Josh Allen on my team this year. Because I was just sitting there on, I'm like, no, we're just not letting this happen. I'm not competing this year. It's too low. It's too low. I'm keep bidding up and I'll keep him for a year. Cut his contract. We, we turn him loose again next year and we'll see what happens. But no, I'm not letting, I'm not letting swags. How much did you, yeah, swags didn't get, how much did you pay? Uh, over 20 mil for him That's on a 90 awesome. million salary hard salary cap mike he spent 20 over 20 of his million dollars on uh <laughs> listen let's not talk about not having 20 million dollar amari cooper as my wide receiver oh, After I had oh. 20 million dollar Monte adams go which had not, those had nothing to do with me 
<laughs> well, you know, yeah, we all have one player we're overpaying for, for sure. So it's really cool. So, so people that are listening right now, I, I don't know. I would assume that the majority of people that are in Dynasty just know the regular way of Dynasty, getting the player. So if you if you have are playing Dynasty and and you have fun with all these podcasts and everything. But if you've never done a salary cap league, look into it because they are a lot of fun. And, you know, there's one other thing that happens in salary cap leagues that has like affected us over the last six years with with trades. You know, people talk on Twitter saying, hey, would you do this for this? Would you trade this for this or whatever? And then every once in a while, somebody will post a trade and they'll say, this is the most ridiculous trade that was ever done. This should be vetoed, blah, 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 whatever. And whenever we talk about, well, you don't know what the circumstances is behind why that trade was made. The one thing I always bring up that a lot of people don't think about is, well, maybe it's in a salary cap league. Because if you're not in a salary cap league, you may not understand. But if you have a player that has, like you just said, you had $20 million on your wide receiver and you have 20 million. But if you have a player that you put $20 million on and that guy really sucks, you know, you can do a trade with somebody where you move that just so you don't have to take the salary cap hit for that yeah, it's player. it's just a contract dump. Right. People it's, don't get that. Like you I'm take on a contract because of the trade <laughs> yeah, you pull your own Brock Osweiler, right? But but that's the thing. And that's why we thought the Brock Osweiler thing was the greatest thing ever because we're like, oh, it's the salary cap league. They're just dumping the contract, you know? Um, <laughs> but and, and in my league, it always seems to happen around the same time where it's like a domino effect. Somebody starts sending out trade offers for a player for nothing. And then, you know, somebody will accept it. And then, oh, great. you Now you just made $20 million. Now you can go out and do waiver bids, you know? It just happened in our league, Mike. It just happened in the league Matt and I were talking about. That's what makes it so much more like regular football, but it's still dynasty. You're still building the team the same way we do in our, you know, typical MFL or sleeper leagues, but the the wrinkle in being like almost like a real GM is so cool. But I mean, I got that's how I got DJ Moore at like 16 mil. The guy didn't want to pay 16 mil on a 90 mil salary cap for DJ Moore. Um, and he needed another quarterback and I had a plethora of them in a one quarterback league. That's the one thing Matt, I would change by the way. That's, I don't, I don't like one quarterback anymore, but, um, so I, I sent him Lamar Jackson and, uh, I forget the the whole deal, but basically I'm like, yeah, I, I want DJ Moore and I can afford it. So I sent him Lamar Jackson so he could have his second quarterback. Um, and, uh, and, and he's a, a really competitive team, but it, he didn't want, he didn't want the 16 mil. He wanted DJ Moore, but he's got a lot of other players like Pittman at a million dollars and lots of, you know, similar players or players that are good at much lower cost. So, I mean, that's what you do, man. It wasn't an even trade in any way, but I ate the 16 mil. Yeah, you played it perfectly there because Lamar Jackson was cheap. Uh, but apparently that guy, because he was eaten up by that DJ Moore contract, didn't have the money even to bid up on Lamar Jackson. So sometimes you got to make those moves you know, when you're when you're restricted. It, it's it, like your light off fab and you just can't get the guy you want. It Fabulous makes fab. It, it makes it fun too with the waivers, like you're saying. We're, we're you're saying that you can see what people are bidding. When we do our auction waivers, you can't see it. Um, it's all blind, every bit of it. No, you can you can't see their max bid. No, you just no. see that it went from five hundred thousand to a million to a million five. You can't see their proxy bid, like their max bid. Mm. They might have bid twenty million. You don't know until you bid. Right, you I understand that. I, no, I understand that. What I'm saying is, in my 
league, when we do the uh, the waivers every week, it's money. You 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 bid what you want, but there's nothing visible. You can't see anything. Oh, everybody blind. Everybody bids and the blind bid wins. Right. It's so like throwing money in a hat. Exactly. And, that's what it is. Or like bidding. I got gotcha. you. No, yeah. Yeah. So so wow. so we we starting Sunday till Wednesday, you could throw up whatever kind of bid you want, but you have no idea what anybody else is bidding. So what I was going to say is it makes it a little bit of a kind of a cool wrinkle is you look at other people's rosters. You see, they have X amount of money. You see, they already have a running back and a wide receiver. So they only have a certain amount of money. They're not going to be able to put that amount of money on Josh Kelly, but I can. And then you make those kind of moves. So So I'm looking at it like that. I'm seeing, uh, Hmm. Mike can bid $2 million on, on this player. Matt can build bid. 12 million on this player. Do I really want to spend 13 million on this player? Exactly. And, and that's so what I'm it's saying. a whole different way of thinking. Yeah. It, it, I like it because it's a race to the bottom with the way we're doing it. And I think that's yeah. why some people it, in the league have issue with it, right? Because if they don't get it up and you can get a guy back cheap, if other people don't really want to push them, but there could be a way where the guy trying to retain him. Yeah. Like I'm willing to spend six mil to keep this guy. So that's my proxy bid, but he goes for one and a half mil. I get him for one and a half mil. And the, the league and I kind of agree if I was wanting to pay six mil I, I should be on the hook for six yeah mil. and that's not the waivers that's the restricted free agency which we need to fix that's that's a holdover from the old days we tried to make it better that that's totally flawed but what Mike's saying what he's saying would be really a lot of fun because then then you're getting the true value true value of the player. player what's someone really willing to pay and then mm-hmm. okay maybe I'll match it maybe I won't but still the true value in the market was what the hybrid was yeah. and, and it's cool too because we have franchise tags and transition tags and everything so at the end of the season if one of your guys contracts are up you can franchise them for an extra year or you can transition them and when you do that then they go into the free agent pool in the off season when we do that thing and you have a transition tag so people could so you sit back you watch people bid on your guy and it's going up and everything like that and when it ends you could decide oh yeah i'll match that contract and you get the guy back or now you can have them at that price. So there's there's yeah. a lot of different things to do, you know. And it's yeah. funny that we've never really talked about this on the show, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we haven't too much, you know. And, and and it's sophisticated, but it you know, in some ways, you have to be a little bit more sophisticated, and you have to have more of a more of a strategy than just player A versus player B. You have to have a short plan, a short run plan for this year. You have to look at when your contracts expire. Your window of time to win isn't just like oh, this guy. I trade him away because I'm rebuilding or this guy, um, I got to acquire him now because, you know, buy low, there's so many things to it. And and a guy that normally would be buy low might not be a buy low. It's, it's more realistic. It's a lot more like the NFL, but yeah, we, we didn't touch on that too much. We have touched on how John Bosch, a guy, you know, in the Twitter community, right. Has the craziest leagues that you almost need. You almost need your lawyer, (laughs) an attorney to help you review the bylaws. That's way too (laughs) convoluted. Like, but if you can simplify, that and have a lot of those elements that make a league more fun than just a standard MFL league. I'm all for it. But if it's too hard to understand, forget about it. Yeah, Matt, I was on a flight. I was on a flight 11 years ago reading a fantasy football magazine like we used to back in the day, you know, before the the websites and shit. (laughs) And I'm reading the fantasy football magazine and someone says, have you ever heard of Dynasty? And I was like, what the hell is that? And then I just really got into it on that 
six hour flight. And when I got home, I called all my friends. I was like, dude, we're doing this. And what you just said, Jeremy, I didn't know it could be the other way. I only knew the salary cap because that's how the article was written. But I went along and I found some other ones that did it. And I tried to do what you just said. I tried to simplify it as much as possible. So it wasn't too overwhelming for everybody because this was the first time we ever did it. And here we are 11 years later and pretty much all the rules that we set 11 years ago are all still in place. It's just, it, it's worked out really great. So listen, we, we had, we had other things we were going to talk about. And, and of course we went off just like we always do, but Jeremy, right off the rails, man, but, always. but Jeremy, you asked me, you said at the beginning of the show, you said, if we go in different directions and whatever, I want to at least wrap up the show talking about tight ends, that there was something you wanted to talk about. So why don't we do that now? Talk about what it is you want to talk about, and then we'll wrap this up and then we'll go into the Patreon show with some of the trades. Well, here's the thing. Our buddy Matt, present, he is the tight end whisperer. But one of the fun things that we've done over the years is uh, talk about tight ends, rookie tight ends, and like, you know, where we're going. This past year in particular was pretty interesting because there were so many viable tight ends, guys that got drafted, guys that we thought would get drafted that could be NFL material looking forward to in fantasy football. Uh, he and John Dabari had me on the Fantasy 40 to talk about tight ends. It was pretty funny. Um, you know, Matt knows way more than I do about the tight end position, even though I'm a Debbie guy and, and I, you know, I, I deep dive too. So we talked about our rankings and, and mulled it over. And each week when we do the start sit, tight end is uh, the last thing we talk about. And I, you know, I think it's the most fun. We have a lot of disparity. In fact, week one, Matt thought that the guy that I was starting, I should sit and the guy that I was sitting, I should start. Uh, it's still, it's still equivocal though. I mean, it's, it's, it's an ambiguous thing sometimes like, I had good rationale for why I was starting and sitting them. He admitted that, you know, he said, yeah, but he also had reasons for why. It, and, and it goes back to Mike, you and I talking about how when I go into startup drafts, <clears throat> I want the Kelsey's, I want the Kittles, I want the Andrews. I want to start off with guys that I can plug and play and then worry on the back end of that, who I'm going to pick up and maybe, you know, later in the draft or whatever and take a shot on or get guys in rookie leagues and and, and um, put on my taxi because I don't draft these guys highly because it takes a while sometimes to, to gel. But Matt is the guy that I look to sometimes, most of the time, when I have questions <laughs> about tight ends and I'm not sure about my opinion on a guy. So I want to know what he thinks. We only talked about a few start and sits, but starts and sits uh, so far this year, two two weeks in. You know, the second week, I want him to tell us about some of the rookies that he sees, uh, you know, growing this year and who we should acquire in our trades and maybe who, who we should trade away um, just quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, tight ends is still like the the uncharted territory of fantasy football, in my opinion, because what they did with quarterback is super flexible, right? Make them all make them all matter. Now we're trying to tight end premium tight end, but all that does is separate the top three further from the entire <laughs> rest uh, Thank of you. everyone else. Thank you. No one's getting the volume really to bridge that gap. So it, it's either a haves or have nots world in, in Jeremy's opinion. So if you're not getting Kelsey or Andrews by and large, then you should probably be punting the position. I think Hawkinson's up there with them as well, especially with the Vikings and where they're at. But after that, I kind of wait because I think there's guys you can play in the matchups. You can play in the opportunity with some of these guys. But when you're talking about the rookies, I did do a little looking into this. And, you know, in week one, I think we have a little bit of a renaissance that's going on with these tight ends. I mean, it's usually taking years for a tight end to return any right. sort of value. 
Um, but these guys right out of the gate, the top four tight ends drafted. Sam Laporta played on 83% of snaps. Week one, opening night, 59, <laughs> 58 raw snaps for him. Looked good, caught all five of his passes. Luke Musgrave played 75% of wow. his snaps. Um, only 45, they were a lower tempo game. They were blowing out the Chicago Bears, but still 75% of snaps. Dalton Kincaid played 80, roughly 80% of snaps in his first game, 55 raw snaps. And then the guy that was most pro-ready, Michael Meyer, he played 49% of snaps. Only played 29 <laughs> snaps for the Raiders in week one. So it's kind of like everything's kind of got flipped on its head. Michael Mayer was supposed to be set it and forget it. He can block, he can pass catch, he's he's ready to go. Get him out there. He's the only guy that had a sub 50% snap rate in week one. Meanwhile, these other guys, while none of them really yep. exploded, um, you know, Musgrave, you and I were talking, was was a better throw away from a top five uh, fantasy finish in week one. And then Laporta got the 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 targets, and so did Kincaid. Uh, I think just brighter days are ahead for them. So maybe we're starting to see. A, a second tier of players that can bubble up and start making the position a little more viable. And then you look into next year, everyone knows about Brock Bowers and Jatavian Sanders, but the college game is actually breeding more tight ends at this point because it's these big body guys that are mismatches. So I just like to position because there's a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot of ways to differentiate, and it's really the only spot where it, it's not already been fully realized. You know, at, yep, at the it's point. the – right. You know, yeah, so. you're right. I mean, it's it's the more athletic, uh, big-bodied guys. It's not just the athletes that can mm -hmm. catch the football. It's got to be guys that can block on the line of scrimmage and have good hands and have that athleticism. And Matt and I talked about in you know the last couple of lunchtime crunch times, like we talked about that snap percentage and how encouraging it is that these young guys are coming in like that because we saw that the renaissance, so to speak, that Matt's talking about now with wide receivers in the recent past. Now we expect a rookie wide receiver. Hey, man, if you don't have a good first season. Listen, Sky Moore, all the other guys in your class that they we were looking up. at, hat, they showed up. They showed out. Uh, what's what's your story? You're on the Kansas City Chiefs. What's your excuse, you know? Um, and, and maybe he will, but like it's it's like now or never for these guys and, and rookie quarterbacks. So now you really need to know your stuff with these um with these uh rookie players coming in. But yeah, the tight end position, I I think you're right, man. I I think college is helping breed like the position to to make it better in the pros and better for us in fantasy football. Listen, and we need it because week one, uh, Hayden Hurst was tight end two. Donald Parham was tight end four. Blake Parham. Bell was tight end seven. Your boy Harrison Bryant was tight end nine. And Adam Troutman was tight end ten. Those All surprises. The These aren't the names we need up there, right? And two of them, literally, it's just because Parham and Bell caught touchdowns. That's it. I mean, that, that's, that's what made them tight end ones. We need better. We want to keep pushing better up there. You know, there's never going to be the, I don't believe there's going to be these volume giants like they're with the Kelsey's of the world who are like the epitome of their offense. And so are Mark Andrews. But we need tight ends that are going to get north of 100 targets. That's what we need. You know, guys that can consistently produce in an offense. And these young guys, early returns are they're going to start being the eight to 10 type target guys in their offenses before too long. So this, this past year was a great year to invest in tight end. I think next year is another year that you're going to be able to finally start supplanting some of these veterans that are going to age out. That's, Amen. that's pretty cool. And when you were just saying that because of their touchdowns, where's Smythe uh, down here in Miami? Cause he caught a touchdown, you know, I think he was, touchdown I think he was 13, 13, honestly, but, it, no. but you know what, uh, you know, what could happen also when you just said that where the colleges are, are, are breeding them more than that. Then when they come into the NFL, part of the reason maybe that they're getting that start right away is not only are they ready for it, but that there's a lot of teams in the NFL that are desperate for it. 
So it could, it could over the next couple of years shift all of that. Like every year the guys coming in, cause a lot of the players that you just mentioned on some of these teams, like they would just be so happy to have a, a an NFL ready guy. So the whole thing could end up shifting, which Jeremy was right at the beginning. What he said where for years, I, I mean, I never even touched rookie uh, uh, tight ends. There was no point in doing it, you know. Um, Not drafted them in the second round, that's for sure. Exactly. And uh, But no, that's really interesting, and that's cool to keep an eye on and, and look at that. So, look, we mentioned at the beginning that we're in a transition phase, and we're working everything out and wondering what we're going to do. And one thing we said tonight was we were going to do a, you know, a quick show and have some fun and everything. And we went off on so many tangents. We're already an hour into it. So <laughs> having so much fun, we didn't, didn't so, truncate the show. Absolutely. Yeah. So Matt, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to wrap this up and then do a Patreon show with a couple of the trades that Jeremy had on the show sheet. Um, before we go, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you, what you're doing, anything like that, if there's anything that we might have missed at the beginning of the show? Dude, guys, he's in anything. This was an absolute blast. You know, <laughs> you're going to continue to see me talking with this guy on Lunchtime Crunch Time Dynasty Radio, Fantasy 40 with John DeBari. No, but this, this was fantastic, guys. I love the tangents we went on, right? We, you, you, so many people talk black and white fantasy. Um, you know, this was more nuanced. It's talking about specific leagues, things I never hear anyone talk about salary cap leagues, to be totally honest with you. I mean, so we might have piqued some people's interest uh, at this point in time. So it says, well, I'll, I'll talk about this all night long. <laughs> well, then awesome. So then you'll come back and we'll do it again then. <laughs> that yeah, would be yeah. a lot of fun. All right. We'll so, so then we'll wrap it up. And then, uh, yeah. And, we, and Jeremy, you want to tell everybody about our Patreon account? Yeah, man. We have the best people that listen to this podcast and uh, patrons of ours. Uh, we have a group me where everybody's in there, you know, throwing shit at each other. Just kidding. No, uh, banging trades around. It's a lot of fun. Um, uh, we've, we've done the show for a long time and we have some loyal listeners and, um, good friends. And, um, we, we really respect that. Um, we've, we've come to, uh, respect each other too. Right. Mike over the years, uh, not that we didn't in the beginning, but just <laughs> after doing this show, it really, cause I, I remember the first time I met you, we were talking about league settings for one of the companies we worked for and, and one of the, uh, the, the company leagues we were setting up and it was, it was a, it was a good conversation and it went from there and we started this podcast, but nothing's changed. We're still going to have a lot of fun on this podcast. Uh, we love our patrons. Um, just, you know, hit us up become a patron. Um, maybe you'll get a t-shirt. Maybe you'll get a koozie. Maybe you'll get a sticker. You'll probably get all that stuff. Uh, but definitely check it out. We have some cool things in store for you, which is why Mike brought this up. Um, as patrons, stay tuned for that. Make some announcements in the in the next uh, few weeks. Um, but yeah, man, uh, good good times. Join the join the patronage and um, hit us up in the group me when we set that up. And we'll, we'll talk trades all day long with you and have a good time. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Again, like I said, thank you to everybody that reached out to us, sent us messages. I tried to keep up with it and, and respond to everybody's requests. And, and you know, we got some interesting things coming up in the future. And we'll definitely have you back, Matt. And I know Jeremy said that he was going to stick your guys' stuff in the Patreon stuff also. So when you're doing your podcast, some of our patrons will get uh, some other additional information to your starts and sits. So uh, they can all look forward to that. And um, again, like I said, thanks for listening. We love you all. And uh, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening.